CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Between the lines of longitude 117 to 127, from the 9th parallel to the 19th, the 7,000-plus islands of the Philippines sprawl over a 1,000 miles long. They comprise one of the great emerging modern powers in the Orient. And yet, within the last year, a lost tribe has been found on them, living under conditions of the Stone Age. It is only 20 years since the last of the Igorots, the headhunters, gave way before the march of communications and progress. Old traditions run deep, and superstition dies hard. I'm afraid for Marua, Sister Colette, and for our child. Afraid of what, Tim? Shadows from beyond the grave. This was no shadow. He stood there, and he put his blood on me. You can see there is no scratch, only the mark of blood. You're hallucinating. Hallucinating or not, sister. I am afraid. And so am I. Our mystery drama, The Headhunters, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Ian Martin and stars Mary Jane Higby and Tony Roberts. It is sponsored in part by Contact, the 12-hour cold capsule. I'll be back shortly with Act One. No one cooks but me, so no one's in the kitchen. No one sees the package. Mrs. Donna Doinek talks about buying food that's sure to please her family. When I buy Kraft macaroni and cheese, I know that uh, it's something that we're going to be satisfied with. My family doesn't know what I put on the table. I mean, they see it in the bowl and they see it on their plate, and the only way they tell the difference is when they put it in their mouth. It just so happens that uh, they've always been satisfied with Kraft. Kraft macaroni and cheese dinner. You know they're going to like it. as a ward to the church during the First World War. She was then 13. When she graduated from convent school, she became a postulant and, in due course, a nun. By the time she came to the Philippines, she was just 25 and had never set foot out of her native city of Ghent in Belgium. She was not quite five foot one, a slender, frail-looking little thing with the heart of a Belgian lion and an indomitable spirit. Her name was, and is, Sister Colette Bergeron. I don't know what made me volunteer for missionary service. Maybe a sense of adventure. It's hard to remember all those years ago, 50 of them. If I hadn't lost my parents, would I have been a nun? I don't know. At all events, I have never regretted it. But that's enough about me. This is about Tima Langyansai. Well, as he calls himself now, Tim Lang. It was after almost ten years that he came back to Bontoc. Sister Bergeron? 
Don't you recognize me? Timor? Timor Lang Yansai. <laughs> I've shortened it a bit after ten years in America. Tim Lang now. But Tim Yilang Yansai it used to be. Oh, my little Tim. My prized pupil, Miyazi. <laughs> oh, but you are not a boy anymore. Uh, I should hope not. I've graduated from college as an agricultural engineer. That's one reason I'm here. I came back to take a job with the government. You could not stay away from our island. Born and bred here in Bontoc, I guess the Philippines are in my blood. Besides, I was in love, and my wife is a true Filipino. Come. You will go with me to my quarters, and we will have a cup of tea. And then you must tell me everything that has happened. As I took Tim to serve him his tea, my mind was coursing back 50 years to my first arrival on the islands. Bantok was an isolated town, almost completely shut off from the outside world and ruled by Datu chiefs of the Igorot tribes, men who were headhunters. Tim was the direct descendant of one of these, Tali, who had been one of my first English pupils and on whom the Ifugaos the most warlike of the mountain peoples, had exacted a terrible revenge. I tried to put this out of my mind as I talked to Tim, but in my bones I knew somehow that past history was inexorably going to be brought back. Hey, this is good, Sister Colette. <laughs> Mountain herbs, you remember? <laughs> Does it take me back? <laughs> it makes me feel I've really come home. You are staying with your grandmother here? Just until they deliver us our mobile home. It's a little rugged and primitive, but luckily Mary's used to it. That's your wife? Yes. She's a Fagayo, born at Benawi and brought up there. You might remember her. She was your pupil in school for a couple of years. Her name is Marua Impanga. Uh, Don Doc Impanga's daughter? Granddaughter. Her father's name was Geiko, but both he and her mother are dead, like my parents. But her old grandfather is still alive. <laughs> he makes a living now appearing with his tattoos in full regalia for tourists to take pictures of him. You have met him? No, we tried to get him to come down for the wedding, but couldn't budge him out of the hills. Just like my grandmother. You intend to settle here? No, 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 no. Just as long as my survey takes. Your survey? Well, I've been asked by the government to make a feasibility study of the irrigation systems for the rice fields to see if it could be adapted to other remote areas and the outer islands. When am I going to meet your wife again? I would have brought her today, but she was feeling a little out of sorts. She, um... She's in the family way. Oh, you wasted no time. <laughs> what is a Filipino home without a child? I'm glad that is so. I want to meet your bride. When will you bring her to dinner with me? Oh, the sooner the better. Shall we say tomorrow evening, then? Little I realized how soon ancient ghosts would arise and threaten these two once-upon-a-time children of mine. I could only sense it and try to put my premonitions out of mind. But events which you hear now and which I was not to know until later were happening which would devastate them. Mary! Mary! 
Your wife is not here, Tima. Son of my son. Where is she, Grandmother? I do not know. Only that I have sent her from my sight. What? Have you quarreled? I would not stoop to quarrel with an Alipin. Marua is not an Alipin. Not a slave, Grandmother. She's a daughter of chieftains. It is you who are descended from Datus, my grandson. You are Bondhok. And your line is ancient and pure. Or should be. If it had not been for these cursed impangas from Banawe, these black crows that swarm from the mountains bringing death, we would still be head of our own barangay. And I would live like the wife of a Datu instead of in this miserable hut. When our new house on wheels comes, you can live with us there. And when my work is done, I will take you back to Manila. I can never leave this place. I am bound here by the spirit of your grandfather. My grandfather? Why? Hmm. Well, may you ask, my grandson. For the gods have brought you back so that you may avenge him. Don't listen to her, Tim. Mary, honey, where were you? I had to get away, to walk. Oh, this house is stifled with shadows of the past. What shadows? Hasn't your grandmother told you yet? You would not allow me time to tell him his destiny. Uh, I'm not going to listen to any of this old-fashioned nonsense. You are carrying his child. Have you thought of his safety? How dare you? Wait a minute. What's this all about? Well, you'd better hear it from me than from her. Do you want to come with me so I can tell you? Where? Anywhere, anywhere but here. Oh, Tim, just walk with me for a while. Where they went was to me. I don't understand your grandmother. I thought she had thrown aside all the old beliefs. Well, it's my fault. I should have been back here for the funeral, but I had no money then. Oh, please don't blame yourself, Tim. I feel guilty enough for both of us. You? Why? It was my ancestor who cut off your grandfather's head. <laughs> he probably deserved it. Oh, no. No one can say that about Tali, your grandfather. He was a remarkable and very wonderful man. With a great deal of vision, he knew it was time for all Igorots to turn their backs on the old gods and reach for the new. I think it's the main reason he died. Why? Oh, there were many tribes, your grandfathers among the Marua, who did not want to see change. The taking of Tali's head was more than just a feat of arms. It was a battle cry that the Igorots would never knuckle under to foreign domination. That they would remain forever free. You approve of what he did? Oh, how could I, from any viewpoint... Religious, moral, social. No. No, I don't approve. I only understand a little that not everyone lives by the same set of laws or beliefs. But that's beside the point. What is it you have come to me for? Well, uh, with my grandmother acting as she is, I can't let Mary stay there. Especially in her condition. Oh, of course you can't. I will be happy to make arrangements. 
to put you up here at the mission. It's only till we have our own quarters. I will go now and try to talk to your grandmother. She and I are old friends. Palumba, you are my friend. You were my friend. And your husband, Tali, is also. I think now you were no friend of my husband, Sister Colette. If he had not welcomed you, learned the English language, turned his back on his gods, he might be at peace. But surely he is. It is 30 years since he passed on. But not over. Because with his head, his spirit was stolen and left to wander for all time. Until a member of this house takes a head in return. You know that is an old, outmoded superstition. It is not. And I can prove it. How? Because with the return of my grandson, my husband, Tali, has appeared to me. Superstition? Oh, no. No. If you could see him, you would know how real he is. He stands there. Tali, the all-powerful, still young and strong. But his throat ends with the slash of the knife. And in his hands, by the hair, he holds his head. And the mouth speaks and asks, I do not seek revenge, only atonement. Let my son, or the son of my sons, Strike me a head like this for my enemies so that I can know peace. Set me free. Do not let me wander forever alone and disgraced. If these are the things you must believe, I cannot argue with you. But don't force beliefs on children who don't share them. The belief is in their blood. Timar will find in his heart that he must share my belief. I blame myself. I underestimated the power of gods that I don't subscribe to, but which can have an evil influence more deep-seated and devious than I had ever stopped to imagine. suddenly, unexpectedly embarked on one of the world's most ancient struggles, enlightenment against paganism, Christianity against the forces of the Antichrist, good against evil. I shall return shortly with Act Two. Come on, would I kid you? You saved that much money? That much. At Goodyear. At Goodyear. Goodyear's semi-annual inventory clearance sale is on here at all Goodyear service stores now. Every Goodyear service store is clearing out all kinds of quality items, all at drastically reduced prices. Tires and major appliances and TVs at most stores. Sale ends October 1st. Goodyear's semi-annual clearance sale will save you money. Hurry, quantities are limited. Save while they last. Take your contact. Take it now. Give your code to contact. Before you choose a cold medicine, you should know that no cold tablet 
No cold liquid has found the way to give you contacts continuous relief. One contact works up to 12 hours. Helps relieve all your congestive symptoms. All day, all night. That's the wonder of contact. Keep your cold to contact. Take only as direct. distorting is fear. In our culture, we are born and bred with so little of it, since most questions are answered for us, and we are protected from the agony of the unknown, up to a point. But in back of all our vaunted knowledge, that atavistic beast lies crouched, ready to spring on us while we are frozen in terror. If that danger lurks within us, so near the surface, Consider how much closer it must lie for those who have only recently broken the bonds of primitive fear and ignorance. Ah! No! Uh, what is... No! Mary! Leave! What is... Leave! Darling! Leave! Darling, it's all right! It's all right! It's not all right! He gave... He gave her a baby! Who? Okay. Darling, your grandfather... Oh, Timar, I'm afraid. There's nothing to be afraid of. But there is. Oh, listen to us. We're reverted to calling each other Timar, Marua. Well, they are our names. Oh, we tried to put them behind us. Take the names of today. But they haunt us, just as Tali does in all the past. We can't escape from it. All right, hey, take it easy. Now, look, all you had was a bad dream. Was it a dream? Oh, I can't shake it that easily. Marla, are you all right? It's the sister. Let her in. Just a minute, Sister Collette. I thought I heard a, a sort of scream. It's not Marula's time yet. No, sister. She, um, she had a bad dream. It was not a dream. Well, what else? You're not trying to say my dead grandfather was actually here? Yes. It, no. It, it was a vision, but not a dream. Now, what kind of vision, child? Well, he came to me out of the shadows there in the corner. He was tall, straight, and young. And his voice came from all around and beyond. Because there, there was no mouth to speak the words. His neck was a collar of bleeding flesh. And above that necklace of blood, there was no head. Honey, you mustn't. No, let her finish. He came to me where I lay on the bed. He put his hand to his throat. And then he spoke to me. What did he say? He said, Your grandfather has made me a wanderer from the home of spirits. Only your husband now can return me to the peace of death. Your grandfather must give me his head. Your husband must strike it from him. And bring it to me where I lie in the grave. If he does not, 
And you shall never bear a child. I place the mark on you, which can only be washed away by the blood Tima must spill. And then he took his hand and ran his finger across my belly like a knife. Look! It's blood. Rest it, Honky, may something with me see. It is nothing a scratch. You should not wear that bracelet to bed. Those shells are sharp. It wasn't the bracelet. I always wear it. You prefer to think it was some ghost that came to haunt you? I don't think. If it's true. Is it, Sister Colette? What? That my grandfather took Tima's grandfather's head? Well, it was a long time ago. Customs were very different. Did he? Yes. Why? When I first arrived in Bundok, your grandfather came to meet Imar. He was a very wise and far-sighted man, and he could recognize that these hills and valleys were not to be long isolated. He studied English with me so as to be ready for the wave of the future. But you see, many Datus resented his turning from the old ways, and of all these, the Ifugaos were the most warlike. They came down from the hills... And in one night of terror, they wiped out all your grandfather's barangay, with the exception of your father and mother, Timar, whom I hid. The heads they took with them, it was their custom and their religion. This was my grandfather? He is a murderer. By our standards, not by his. He still doesn't deserve to live. That problem is not for us to solve. It seems my grandfather thinks it's my problem. Now, your grandfather can't possibly have any thoughts on the matter. He has been dead for over 40 years. I'm afraid for Marua and our child. Afraid of what? Shadows from beyond the grave? This was no shadow, Sister Collette. He stood there and he put his blood upon me. This is no scratch on me. This is the mark of blood. Marua, come back to the 20th century. Now you are hallucinating. Hallucinating or not, I am afraid, sister. Kumustika, hello. I am Dundok Impanga, a battle of the Ifogao. <laughs> you, you wish a picture, I will pose for you. I don't want a picture, I just uh, wanted to meet you. Who are you, stranger? The man who married your granddaughter. Marua. And the grandson of Tali. Huh? You are Tima? Yes. What do you want with me? Do you come in peace? I hope. Then where is Marua? She is in Bontok. She is not well. She carries our child. How? Not well. She... She's haunted by the ghost of Tali who seeks his head. I am sorry he has not found peace in the land of the great spirits. But what can I do? You can tell me the truth. My grandmother says you took his head. <laughs> uh, put the knife away, Dundar. Then put away your evil thoughts, Timar. And forget the lies of your grandmother. 
She sent you to take my life, did she not? Come, 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 old man. This is 1978. There are no headhunters anymore. Are you so sure, boy? The world may change, but what is in the heart of a man is the same. In my day, I was a great warrior. And yes, I took many heads, as the great spirit commanded me to do. If I had not won the battle, I would have paid the price with my head. It is in the long ago. It does not belong with today. Unfortunately, it does. What has been done cannot be undone. Do not try to change the past. What am I to do, Sister Colette? When he was standing there almost boasting of how he killed my grandfather. There was a red haze suddenly in front of my eyes and I wanted to him up and hurl him into the air to fall 2,000 feet down, his body broken and mutilated as it bounced from rice terrace to rice terrace, shattering on the stone retaining wall. But you didn't. A force within you held you back? I don't know, sister. Was it that? Or was it the sword he had drawn and held between us? And God help me if Marua continues to be haunted and our child is being harmed. What will I be tempted to do the next time I see him? This circumstance with my two one-time pupils had hit me hard. More than that, my ESP, or whatever you want to call the visions of a 77-year-old nun, was warning me that disaster must be avoided. And even more than that, that some... Evil vibrations in the air were urging these foster children of mine to the brink. It was that strange, half-real moment between day and the dark when I went to talk to Palomba. I entered her thatched roof cottage, and she was sitting there cross-legged on the floor, one hand beating a small drum. She was crooning softly to a sequinductal made from a small basket with a stick stuck through it for arms, and at each end of the arms, a froth of streamers from pleated leaves. The doll was clothed in kumut, a piece of cloth with a rattan string bound around his waist, the end of which was held in Palumba's hand. But this kunduk doll was unlike any I'd ever seen. It had no head. Be quiet, alien one. Leave me to what must be done. What are you asking of that Kunduk doll? Only my rights before I die. I long for the gods of my fathers and for my husband. And when I cross to the land of the great spirits, I need him there beside me. 
not lost between earth and sky. The good spirit Lenamin can help me bring Tali home. What are you asking, the spirit? That the Kundukdar will tell my grandson what must be done. That he will whisper in his ear what must be done. That is evil. And it is idle superstition. You cannot force Timar to do something which he knows is evil. You think so? What is evil to you is not evil to us. And what is to be will be done. In spite of myself, my eyes were drawn and glued to the rude doll shape, which lay tumbled on its side, attached to Palomba only by the slender rattan thread. Suddenly, inexplicably, as the throbbing of the drum increased, it raised itself, dancing awkwardly on invisible feet, possessed, it seemed, by a life of its own. Dolly leaves again. Long enough to demand that his grandson buy him the life beyond. Go, Tali Kunduk. Tell Timar he must bring you Dundok's head. For the irrational, there is no rationale. For the ignorant, there are no words to argue against unreasoning instinct. For all those driven by the terror of the unknown, fear is the parent of cruelty. How far has the human animal come in a billion years? How far had a young man like Timar, only two generations away from primitive savagery, been able to come to be strong enough to resist his heritage? I shall return shortly with Act Three. of the miracle of modern communications, the secret pockets of the world still exist. In them, the cruel dark gods of fear and ignorance hold sway. And under their evil spells and influence, the veneer of civilization crumbles. Kim Lang, ever since his return to these ancient mountains, has felt himself slipping slowly back into his violent heritage. Lying beside his wife in the mission house, who comes to him in the night? Is it just a dream? Is it some black magic of the Kundak Dal? Or is it the ghost of his grandfather, Kali? What? Who calls me? You must. 
like that, that... That's murder. Was it anything different when he struck me down? You don't understand, Tali, my grandfather. This is not the way of life now. Abandon me and you abandon your child that stirs within your woman beside you. No. No, don't say Tali has spoken. My eternal life for your child's honor. Remember, remember, I shall make sure you won't forget. No! No! Darling, Mary, Mary, what is it? It's the baby. Something's wrong. You're not... No, wait, wait, wait a minute. Maybe he just turned over or something. Yes, I think that's all. You sure? You're sure I'll get the doctor? Oh, no, no, I don't need a doctor, not for this. Oh, hold me close a minute, Tim. I had a dream. You too? (laughs) I hope yours was more pleasant than mine. No, it wasn't pleasant at all. I dreamt that your grandfather was here. What? He was arguing with you about something. And then he, he, he turned away with a face like thunder. And as he turned away, he he laid his hand on me here, under my heart. And he whispered, His real life for my eternal one. Remind him, Maru. Look, Mary, how'd you like to pull up stakes and just plain take a power out of here, huh? Tim, you can't. What about your job? Oh, to heck with the job. I'll find something else. Oh, it isn't that easy. You have a contract with the government. We've got to hang on to what we have. I don't know. I'm just afraid that somehow we're involved in something we don't know how to handle. Sister Colette, it may sound crazy, but I am so desperately afraid for Mary and the baby. My coming back here to my roots seems to have changed me into another person. I'm so hypnotized or spellbound or whatever it is that's the matter with me that I I find myself even considering the impossible. What, Tima? That I could go up the mountain to Banawi and... Tear his sword from his scabbard and with one stroke sever his head and bring it back. Violence never breeds peace. And you don't mean what you say. The trouble is my ancestors don't subscribe to your God. More's the pity. The devil has them dancing to his tune. Or at least your grandmother. What do you mean? It is she who is casting her spells over you and Marua with the devil doll, the Kunduk. How? I visited her hut last night. And she made the doll dance for me at the end of its rattan string. And she called it Kunduk Tali. And bade it go to you and tell you that you must take Dundak's head. Will you go with me to the house of my grandmother? Of course. She has this power of the medicine women to raise spirits. The one she has raised now, she must destroy. Or it will destroy me and my family. Mary, 
closed. Maxima. Yes, sister. Open it quickly. Why? What? Yes, yes. What is it? I don't know. Perhaps she's just asleep. Oh, let me see. Uh, her last sleep, Timor. In nomine patriot, spiritus. No, 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 wait a minute. Look, her lips are moving. What is she saying? No, Timor. No, she is quite dead. She has been for some time. Yeah, but listen. I don't hear anything. You must. If you condemn me to wander, then I condemn your sons. It's Tully speaking. No, it isn't. It's the doll. <gasps> I will live to haunt you. as if that doll moved. Or spoke in Tali's voice. There is no hope for my future or for any children I bear unless I obey its command. I prayed for a long time that morning when we returned to the mission in the little chapel in which I had spent so much of my life. I prayed for guidance and perhaps I found it I came out to ask Timor if he was going up to Benawi. Of course, sister, I have to. May I go with you? Why? I want to prevent a tragedy if I can. Stay out of this, sister Cora. I cannot. Let me talk to Dundalk. It's a long and fruitless ride. It's a small adventure for a sequestered nun. Would you deny me a little escape? All right. If you must... Hop in. It'll be a rough ride. I'm already late for work. It was a rough ride and a silent one. My heart went out to the poor young man behind the wheel. So tense, his face so drawn. Obviously so near the breaking point. When we got to Benawi, he dropped me at the big, wide parking space at the head of the valley. Dundalk was already at his post. Will it be long? Not very, I suspect. Sister, what do you expect to accomplish? I want to ask him for your father's head so that it may be buried in the grave with him. You too? You are beginning to believe our ancient superstition? No, no, I have my own beliefs. But I know that not everyone believes as I do what a man truly believes. So he is. Besides, as I told you, this is my home. And you, these are my people. Give me a few moments. I got out of the jeep and crossed to Dundalk, where he stood alone. He saw me coming, but did not move towards me. He was a pathetic little figure, and it was hard to imagine him as a mighty warrior who once had dealt in death. When I came to him, we were standing on the edge of a drop. Too steep for even Ifugaus to conquer. A thousand-foot drop over craggy rocks to the floor of the valley. You know me, Dundalk? Yes. Why have you come here? I think you must know. That is the one who married my granddaughter there in the jeep. Yes. 
How is little Marua? Not as well as she should be. She has pains. She is afraid for the baby that is to come. Why is that? Palumba is dead. And Tali walks at night raging that he cannot join her in the land of the great spirits. Because you have taken his manhood from him. So long ago, sister, what can I do? You can give me back his head so that it can be buried with him in his grave and set him free. Let me tell you a thing, sister. I am old and weary and my bones cry out for rest. I am not the man I once was inside as well as out. I no longer believe in ancient gods. I have turned to your god. I want to die in peace. Let the young man come and take my head. That will bring Tali rest. He cannot do that, Dundok. It is against all rule and reason. If he did, under our laws, he would give up his own life. Look out, Sister Colette. Do not be afraid. I am not afraid. I draw it against myself. Put that knife away. If you, if you do, Sister Colette, any Stay time. where you are, Timar. The sword is for me to atone for all the wrong in the past. Take my little granddaughter in your arms and hold her close for me. And tell the little boy who is to be born that both his grandfathers were mighty men. That he can be proud of them. What are you going to do? At my age, it is only a small step to eternity. And with your God, sister, I know I can rest in peace. Afterwards, take my head or whatever you want of me and offer it to Tari to find the same. In the name of his God. No, no, oh, wait a minute. Lord, no, no. Oh. the razor sharp edge of the sword against his throat. His hands braced on the hilt and the end of the blade. Then without any further word... He stepped off into empty space to go hurtling and tumbling across the jagged rocks to the valley floor and the twisting river. His body was never found, strangely. But the head, severed by the knife at the first huge shock when he hit the wall of the valley was. It is buried now in the same grave with Dolly. Two old adversaries met in death. And for them both, peace at last. They are in my prayers every night. But I think what must be more valuable to them from wherever they look down is the freedom and happiness of the children they left behind, including the great-grandson who has just been born and in whom, without reprimand... I enjoy a very special interest. Of all the great wonders of the world, the greatest is people. Sister Colette Bergeron, 95 pounds of flaming resolution, a woman totally unprepared for the primitive life she has led, but who had the courage and the humor to adjust, to enjoy, and to make it her own and all the others. People are the great stories of the world. I'll be back shortly. Whatever kind of-
find a shirt you're into. Get into an arrow. Hey, Jim, that's a fantastic wool shirt. Oh, thanks. It's uh, an arrow. An arrow? Hmm. Whatever kind of shirt you want, Arrow's got it. I love that turtleneck Hank's wearing. I bought it for him. It's an arrow. Whatever kind of shirt you're into. When it comes to shirts, things are changing, but men are still changing into Arrow. Arrow gives you every style and all the confidence you expect from an Arrow. That shirt looks great with your suit. Sure, it's an Arrow. Whatever kind of shirt you're into, get into an Arrow. Whatever kind of shirt you want, Arrow's got it. Arrow makes all kinds of shirts for all kinds of men. That's why we're known as America's shirt maker. How lucky most of us are. With all the problems that may beset us, most of us live a safe and protected life. But across the world, the dark beasts of ignorance and superstition still lurk. Count yourself to be lucky to avoid them. But if you must face them, remember your best shield is knowledge. With it, as Tennyson said, all is well, though faith and form be sundered in the night of fear. Our cast included Mary Jane Higby, Tony Roberts, E.V. Juster, and Ian Martin. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Mrs. E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.